Hello, how are you doing? Happy New Year. Welcome back to the NC Real Estate Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its awesome member club, members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely align with their goals. How are you doing? I haven't been over here. I had a week off from podcasting last week for the new year, actually mainly because I really wasn't very well over Christmas. So I had to take some downtime to just make myself feel better. And then the day before new year, Chris and I and Summer went on a road trip up to Albany to to see what was going on. And we went on a Sunday afternoon and we went into the mountains and it was so snowy. We were hoping that we were going to be able to take summer for a walk up there and go and see all the waterfalls and the Catskills. And we just didn't make it that far because of the amount of snow. And then once we got up the mountains, we heard all the avalanche sirens going off. So we had to turn around and come back down. But then we got up to uh, Albany and it was so beautiful. All the old uh, state capital buildings and it was incredibly beautiful. So we enjoyed ourselves and then we were back in New York for New Year's uh, and just had a real quiet night in. It was kind of a bit of a recovery period for me. I'd been in bed since uh, just before Christmas Day. So I was glad to be out, but it was also nice to have some time off as well. So that's the reason... I didn't come to you last Tuesday, but here we are. It's a new year and we are back. I'm so glad that you've come over and decided to join me this year. Today, I'm going to be talking about outlandish property predictions for 2019 because it's real safe to say that things are going to start changing and we're going to really see the fallout happen from Brexit. I know that at the moment there is so much anxiety around what's going to happen. We don't even have a deal in place. And the minute the clock strikes midnight on March 29th, we've then got two years of a struggle really to get trade deals in place and make sure that our agreement with the EU is solid and as we don't quite know what that looks like right now it's sending a lot of people into I guess a kind of a confidence problem I, I think that a lot of people don't really know what's going on right now and so everybody's very hesitant to take a step in the right direction my very first piece of advice to say to you is no matter what is on your goals list this year, no matter what it is, you need to start taking action. There is no point putting off what you're doing until March 29th because quite frankly, anything can happen. You are only in control of what is going on right now in the present. Tomorrow really doesn't matter until we get to tomorrow. Yes, plan for things, but you've got to start building everything for today. Um, I know I talked a little while ago about the fact that I had my flat on the market and it didn't sell before Christmas and yeah that's really frustrating because we've been paying for the mortgage on that for the last couple of months and we were hoping to sell it and buy somewhere nice and new and even perhaps a little beach house for us to have some getaways um, we are buying in the UK, we're buying a home for ourselves in the UK, um, but that hasn't happened yet. And so over the last couple of days, I've been speaking to new agents in the Putney area and I've got some uh, 
good agents lined up. I've had uh, the staging changed around a little bit, new photos taken, and that is going to go back on the market. I actually took it off the market for a couple of weeks, so you wouldn't have found it on Zoopla or Rightmove just to give some people the time off from looking at it and then we'll launch it again with a new agent probably in the next week or so. So I'll let you know how that goes. But rather than thinking to myself, oh my gosh, like maybe the market has slowed because of Brexit, maybe this, that and the other has happened, rather than even trying to second guess it, I know that we need to sell that apartment in order to be able to move forward. So what do I do? I just change my strategy. I use somebody else who'd be able to give it a fresh shot, I guess, rather than um, letting the listing become stale. And I'm going to try it again. And yes, okay, we've reduced it a little bit, but that's actually still fine with me. We only paid £370,000 for it when we first bought it and it has gone up significantly since then. So I really am not worried about giving a little bit of a discount on it. I would rather at this point sell it then I would continue paying a mortgage on it. And so I've made decisions accordingly based upon my situation today. And that's absolutely fine. As you can probably hear, there is no panic in my voice whatsoever. I, I honestly am very calm about it. Um, Chris, maybe not so, but because he's not in the property game. So this kind of stuff freaks him out a little bit. But I know that there's always a strategy to be had. So long as nobody has died, you can keep moving forward. That is my motto on these things. Not everything goes 100% perfectly the first time around. And that is fine with me. Um, but it just means that I've had to change my strategy a little bit there. Um, and yes, it probably is a result of the fact that people are... Uh, feeling uh, kind of a little bit concerned of what to do but hey we're in January people have got New Year's resolutions where this is the year that they want to buy their first flat um, and maybe they've kind of pulled the trigger and thought yeah okay I'm doing it and with the government extending their help to buy scheme for the next five years them increasing their equity loans as well where the government will lend up to 40% of the value of a home to help first-time buyers get on the ladder and they're not going to be charged loan fees for the first five years. So for example, the first-time buyer will put in 5%, the government will put in 20 to 40% depending um, and then the mortgage will top it up. That's actually giving first-time buyers quite a lot of um, hope, really. It's so much help to get on the property ladder that um, I'm actually pretty optimistic about the fact that we could sell our flat to a first time buyer and they would actually love being there so it's not all doom and gloom it just means that you've got to play with the times what's going on and if this is the year for them to buy a property the flat that I'm selling is gorgeous and I've had it done up accordingly it's literally buying hotel standard accommodation and if you're a first-time buyer and you can afford that amazing when I first saw that flat when Chris and I moved into it we loved it because it was kind of like that hotel standard accommodation. So don't be uh, despondent if something at the end of last year didn't go right for you. Now is the time. Now is the time to start just taking those small steps forward every single day. So I do not want to hear that uh, you don't want to move forward or you're scared of anything. If you do need some help and you want to take those little steps, either jump into the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group where you'll see other people working together and having those really good conversations, 
or you can email me natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk and I can point you in the right direction. Don't stay stuck though. Please don't stay stuck. Keep moving. So I've talked a little bit about equity loans and I think that's going to be one of the key things in 2019 that's going to keep the first time buyer end of the market moving and hey if you are selling a property that you think would be uh, worthwhile for a first time buyer then definitely share that they are able to do that as well and you can simply point them in the right direction of the help to buy website and that will be they'll be able to apply for those equity loans via there amazing the only thing is is that they do have to pay back the equity loan by 2023 in order to avoid paying the additional fees but if they're buying in an area where property prices are going to be rising they could always remortgage over the next couple of years. I guess the opposite side of that which may keep um, home buyers stuck is there is still this strict lending criteria in the mortgage market um, and if you didn't remember that this came in around 2017, there's now an interest rate stress test. Borrowers' ability to weather increase in the mortgage rate at 3% above the rate that will apply when the introductory offer ends. So this means that if you cannot afford to pay your mortgage at that rate that you get after your fixed term comes to an end, it's what, 4 point? five nine percent for some mortgages it could be higher it could be in the five percent so that means you're being stress tested on mortgages of um, eight point five percent interest if you if you're not going to be able to afford that then banks are going to reduce the amount that they loan to you which of course puts buyers who haven't really got that much borrowing power in tricky situations and so as much as the government's equity loan scheme will help, uh, that mortgage restrictions, that lending restriction may really hamper first-time buyers. So I, it's a bit of a uh, push and pull situation. But what it does do is um, protects people because if that kind of uh, criteria, lending criteria is in place, it means that we do have some sort of forecast about the fact that interest rates and the Bank of England base rate is probably going to go up. Now, all being well with Brexit, I think the government will actually probably raise it or or the Bank of England will probably raise it. Uh, I hope this doesn't happen, but I kind of can feel it that it may go up to around 1.25%. And that's, again, this is outlandish property predictions. But if it does, say this time next year, we're talking about the Bank of England base rate being at that 1.25%, then you need to know that your portfolio can sustain that risk. So please make sure that you are uh, doing your deal analysis accordingly. And I hope you probably are, because as you know, we've also, as uh, buy-to-let landlords, got those stress tests on ourselves as well um, we need to make sure that our rent is in excess of our mortgage interest payments of at 5.5 percent so 145 percent of that i'll say that again our rental income our monthly rental income needs to be above 145 percent of our monthly mortgage interest payments at 5.5%.
banks will then have a look at lending to that. You also need to make sure that you are within that stress test if you're going to remortgage and try and take out more cash. And this is where a lot of property investors will get stuck if they are trying to take cash back out, out of their property portfolio quickly. You need to know if you are buying at this low market value. So say you've got yourself a blinding deal. You need to make sure that the rental income that you can get on that property once, once you've done it up stacks up so that you can take the cash back out because otherwise there is a ceiling on the amount that your mortgage lender is going to lend to you. So don't get stuck by that. Please don't get stuck by that because I can see that uh, property investors will be stopped dead in their tracks if they can't get the uh, money back out of their properties that they put in. So please make sure that when you're doing your deal analysis, you analyze the deal at the current purchase price, and then you analyze the deal again at the price that you are uh, expecting the property to be remortgaged at, and that still works, and that you can still get the lending at that rate. If you can't, you are going to have to budget for the fact that you might not be able to get as much cash out. Be aware of that. Really be aware of that. I think these things are the sort of things that are going to this is this is the reason the buy to let industry doesn't move as quickly um it's because investors have the tendency to go all in and think they've got these great plans but have not planned for the exit you need to be planning for your exit and making sure it works on every single level and if you decide that it doesn't rent out properly or it doesn't work for certain things what's your plan b are you going to be selling it to first-time buyers or i don't know what else can you do with it? That's where we get stuck. That's where I see the majority of people get stuck with property investing. They haven't planned accordingly. Please, this year in 2019, where there is so much uncertainty about, uh, banks are being more stringent than ever with their lending criteria. I want you to make sure that you are analyzing deals correctly and you've got those A, B and C exit strategies. Vital. Otherwise, 2019 will be the year your property journey ends and it shouldn't be it really shouldn't be if you plan accordingly you can still do well here's the thing though speaking of uncertainty it's also a good year to start cleaning up if you've got cash in the bank and you are waiting patiently for the market to drop by that 30 percent that the bank of england suggested it was going to I think you're going to be a little bit upset when that doesn't happen. The reason that they forecast that there's going to be a fall of up to 30% uh, was really done for modeling financial stability. What do they need to do in the worst, 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 worst case scenario? I actually think that as people relax a bit into Brexit and they think, oh, the 29th of March has happened, it's come and gone, the world hasn't ended, okay, I'm just going to go back into my normal rhythm, I think that the property market will continue to grow. That is my prediction. But you then have to start looking at the fact that wages probably aren't going to grow as much this year because employers are thinking, hell no. Whilst I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford certain things, whilst I'm trying to prepare for this no-deal Brexit where I now don't know how much the cost of goods is, the cost of anything that I need in my 
in my workforce is going to be. I am not increasing uh, the wages for my staff. And that is going to obviously hamper how much people can afford. There is only so high that property prices can go before people just say, or home buyers just say, uh-uh, I'm not doing this anymore. I have to wait until the market comes down. Inevitably, the market then starts to come down. So I think we've got a little bit more to go. It's not just going to happen overnight on March the 29th. I think we are another couple of months out. I think the minute people start getting settled in the fact that they think that Brexit is all fine, everything's been negotiated and arranged, and that's when they're going to get hit the hardest and we might see property prices start coming down. But it's not as if they didn't need to come down in the first place. Property prices can't keep going up at the levels that they have been. You know, as an average between 2010 and 2014, property prices across the UK went up by 20%, and they have kept rising. Forecasts are saying that over the next five years, Property prices in the northwest are going to increase by about 20%. That's the same for Yorkshire and Humberside. The northeast is going to see rises of around 17%. Um, the Wales and West Midlands are also going to see around 20% rises. East Midlands, the one that we don't necessarily look at as much, again, is going to see rises around 20%. If you look nearer the south, it's only going to be 10% rises over the next five years. That's fine. That's not an issue if we are banking on property prices rising. I think what you need to be looking at is areas with good transport links. And for example, the East Midlands is really, really interesting right now. And with there being regeneration projects in Coventry, Leicester, which are actually going below the radar because everybody's focused on Manchester and Liverpool. And quite frankly, I think that Liverpool has reached its peak again. They've put oversupply up there, especially in the student housing sector. And we're going to see those property prices coming down. Manchester as well. Yes, the Chinese are buying up there right now. And of course they are, because quite frankly, the pound is weak right now. Surely you'll be investing uh, overseas money in the UK in the hope that property prices are going to bounce back. But again, there is a huge oversupply up in Manchester right now. If you went up there and you wanted to buy yourself a one or two bedroom apartment, you would have so much choice that you'd probably be, be overwhelmed. Watch that market because that has the ability to... Uh, calm down. It really does. When when developers start realizing that, oh, oh, we've made too many properties, that's the point that you sweep in and you pick yourself up a deal. It might even be worth getting in contact with the developer directly and asking them if there is any deal to be had. Have a look at one at their year end financial, their financial year enders. You can do that simply by going on their website, looking at their accounts, and then when it's coming up to their uh, accounting financial year end, you can get in contact with them because they've got targets that they need to hit. Why not? Worth the punt, right? Really worth the punt. But I do think that Liverpool and Manchester are very saturated markets right now. I would also have a look at Sheffield. Sheffield is an interesting one because there's areas around the town centre in Sheffield where property prices have really risen over the last 12 months. And as much as there's not a lot of people talking about it, I remember years ago, uh, one of my clients who uh, was uh, 
an asset manager on one of my massive portfolios, he said to me, Natasha, I've been investing in Sheffield for a while. He said, at the moment, it's looking dodge, but I reckon in the next five to seven years, property prices are going to rise and we are going to be getting a lot of demand from tenants. Well, lo and behold, that's, that trend is happening up there at the moment. I wouldn't disqualify it. I would definitely go and have a look. If that's the kind of area you want to invest in, they're seeing house price rises. You need to be on that before everybody jumps on that. Same with the East Midlands. East Midlands is always interesting because it's got those really great connections um, from London up to the East Midlands, like real express trains. Uh, I, I use those routes whenever I'm going up to Birmingham or Leicester or Coventry, if I've got meetings up there, it's so easy for me to get into London, then to get to Euston and get up there and it's cheap as well i'm sure that uh, if you've had a look at booking any train tickets if you book them in advance you can get them really really cheap so why not the other place that i'm going to be looking in is around the cotswolds well my mom lives up there. <laughs> that's one of the reasons she can look after my properties for me um but I'm really keen to buy on that new Cheltenham to Heathrow train line that is still rumoured to be opening at the end of 2019. That would be my, my literal dream scenario. Honestly, it would be my dream scenario to be able to just hop off a plane, get on a train for an hour and be in the middle of pristine, idyllic countryside. Have a little garage next to my house with... Uh, a lovely car that I can drive around in. Oh, guys, like that is my my kind of dream. Um, I was speaking to Chris about this and he, uh, I'm going to say reluctantly agreed. But I think it's a great investment as well because if the train line comes through, um, that's going to increase the prices. It also means that if I wanted to uh, use it as service accommodation when I'm not using it, um, there's a real direct train train link. I'm not sure though about service accommodation and giving guests access to a car or a mode of transport. I've been thinking about this for a while, like similar similar to Zipcar. Um, again, that's a thought that I've had. Um, but my prediction is that that area will continue to grow uh, in value providing that the train fare costs are still kept low because the London to Bath train fares are extortionate. When I first moved to London and I was trying to um, get back to Bath, I think I was paying something like £35 return, £36 return back to Bath if I wanted to go home at a weekend. By the time we left London last September, it was at £59 and it was cheaper to hire a car from London to get to Bath than it was to get on the train. It's also something you need to be keeping your eye out for. If train fares go up too much more on certain train lines, I think you'll find the value of properties dropping because people can't afford it anymore, can't justify the commuter routes. Something else you need to be aware of. So look for those cheap train lines for example, up to Bicester, around Bicester and around Oxfordshire. Again, areas where they're really good commuter towns, they're nice, they've got lovely schools, good for families. If you're investing in areas like that, then you can really provide top quality uh, accommodation that is cheaper to buy than if you are below the M4 corridor. But at the same time, 
you can still get top buck from your rents. Something to look out for. What other predictions have I got? I don't think that buy to let is dead. I really don't. I know Article 4 takes hold, uh, not Article 4, Section 24 takes hold uh, more this year. And we do need to be having a look at that and um, choosing how we buy our properties. If you're going to be buying service accommodation, then it's not subject to the new tax changes because it's holiday rentals and that's that's counted as a business rather than buy to let. So it's subject to different taxes. But if you're going to be buying buy to lets, it's time to start talking to your accountant about it. I put a calculator in the members club so that you can calculate your uh, the difference or the change in tax um, a little while ago and that's been really helpful for my clients but just have a think about what your income is going to be over the next 12 months and please take on a good accountant who can help you with that because they can understand the ins and outs better than you can and they can advise you what to do. Uh, if you are still in the lower uh, tax bracket so that 20% tax bracket it doesn't make too much sense to start investing in a limited company until you are over that 20% threshold. So when you're a higher rate taxpayer, then yes, definitely it's worth looking at. And again, as I said, if you have got a really good accountant, they are definitely going to be helping you out with that. So make sure that you are talking to them and getting that advice. But do I think that's going to be um, taking people out of the buy-to-let industry? I don't think so. I think to a certain extent, one of the big things that certain landlords are finding is that maybe they invested back in the early 2000s in areas which really haven't made much money on the properties and they're going to be disposing of those assets. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Other things are is that landlords are retiring and there's been, you know, a good around 15 years since ASTs were bought in uh, and that was when the real boom in buy to let started but you think you're getting to an age now for those those investors who may think you know what I've done it for such a long period of time I've benefited from it and maybe now's the time to leave the market that's that's a real legitimate reason for not wanting to do uh, property investing anymore hey there's always a time in life where we would prefer to have um a quieter life <laughs> that's definitely for sure definitely for sure um, the other reason we might see buy to let landlords leaving the market is because of the increase in regulation we know we've got the homes fit for habitation bill dropping at some point this year that's going to put a mandatory obligation on us as landlords to keep our homes in good condition and we need to inspect regularly and there are so many different things that you need to keep up to date it's not just as simple as your fire safety your gas safety your electrical safety it's about the structural safety it's about damp mold uh, looking at the layouts of your properties, making it easy for tenants to move around. There are so many different things that you need to be taking into account. So again, that may be too much for some landlords. We may see some landlords leaving the market. What I don't think though, and what I'm really anti is the government saying 
that if landlords left the market, those properties would go to first-time buyers. I don't think that they are first-time buyer properties. I think they will just be bought up again by other buy-to-let investors who think, you know what, if you don't want that property, it's fine. I'll take it and I'll start running it as a rental property. And there is no harm in that whatsoever. Different properties suit different market players. It's always been the case and it still will always be the case. We just need to make sure that we are aware of that and do not feel any guilt about that and also don't be afraid to go and buy a buy to let that another property investor is disposing of it really may be that uh, they just don't want to be in the game anymore or the property doesn't work for them i've said countless times you can dispose if you don't have any other way of um raising the property um raising the property's value or you're not inspired by your property anymore, you've done as much as you think you can do, it is absolutely fine to sell the property, take the profit and go and reinvest. So I've been through so much in that podcast. I hope that's been really useful for you and it's been a good start to your year. Remember, going back to exactly what I said at the beginning of this podcast, You need to just start taking action. Don't wait for anything because we do not know really what's going to happen. I don't think that the market is going to crash at 30% seriously, but there is going to be market maneuver. And I think the market may still like, you know, that 0.02% climb or whatever it's been doing over the last couple of months, I think that will probably continue. And as I said, as the fallout happens from Brexit over the next two years, that's when we're going to see more changes in the market. When I think people start realizing that actually things have to change. And again, the market will move on and we will handle it when we get there. I promise you it's going to be okay. Okay, so if you have loved this podcast, please push like and I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave me a five star review. I would love that. And don't forget to share this with your friends. Thank you so much for joining me today and I'll catch up with you again next week.